This morning is our second sermon from our new teaching series called Tattoo My Soul. And this phrase comes to us from Deuteronomy chapter 11, which I'll be repeating throughout the semester, particularly the first two lines, which read, write my words on your heart and in your soul. This is a command from the Lord where he says, write my words, the words in my book, on your heart and in your soul. Why? How? Well, he goes on, he says, do whatever it takes to remember what I'm telling you. So I want you to write these words on your heart and in your soul because I want you to remember that I have told you things that are going to lead to life, liberty, happiness, etc. So do whatever it takes to remember what I'm telling you. Tie my words to your hands. Wear them where you'll see them every day. Teach them to your children. Talk about them wherever you are, when you're at home, when you're on the road, from the time you get up until you go to bed at night. Inscribe them on your doorposts, on your city gates, so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land that I swore to give you. God just said, you want to see blessings in your life? You want to see fruit in your life? You want to see good change in your life? Remember my words, walk them out, put them all over your life. I like to write them in dry erase on windows. I like to write them out in my journal. That helps me remember. Um, there are all kinds of things that we can do to remember God's word. In this ministry, we love to turn God's word into art, but there's nothing as potent as doing God's word if you want to learn how to remember it. So last week, we talked about what God wants us to remember from his word, about the power of peer pressure. We're all going to experience a little bit of that this year. We may be experiencing some of it even today, being in this place for the first time. God has things to say to you about peer pressure. You want to know what he has to say to us? You can go back and listen to last week's message online. Today, we're talking about what God wants us to remember regarding the gift of community, of doing life together. And not just with friends, although that's great, and family, although that's great, but with your church. So, for this series, I have been trying to build these sermons in a fresh way where they're revolving entirely around my personal quiet times, but I want these sermons to be personal for you too. So, we've addressed the invite card this morning. We've addressed the get connected card where we need some information from you. Now we're addressing that blank white card, the note card. I want you to grab that and just keep it in front of you for the sermon. If I say something from my quiet time that speaks to you, that speaks to your situation. Man, make some notes. Write it down. It'll help you remember, and maybe it'll help you do something with God's Word later. But since this sermon, um, well, this sermon is about community, and it starts with me sitting down with the Lord last Monday at Starbucks over in Panther Creek. If you get coffee before you go to school, you can go over there, and I'm over there almost every Monday through Thursday. And I was sitting there this Monday, and I just started my quiet time with the same seven words I start every quiet time with. Good morning, Father. Thank you for today. Thank you for your love and your son, your spirit and your word. Thank you that your mercies are new every single day. Thank you that your promises will always outlive my feelings. Thank you that by faith, that I always have something good to look forward to each day. You know that I have been questioning my place lately. 
And I wonder how many of you have a question like that that you've been asking of life, yourself, or Jesus. I'm just questioning, where do I fit in in this season of life? And if that's you, this sermon is for you. And as I wrote that question out, God brought that verse to mind. And so I wrote it out, Deuteronomy 11:18. write my words on your heart and in your soul. Because I was listening to my words that were like, you don't belong here, this isn't going to be a good semester for you, your ministry is a joke. My words, the devil's words were what I was feeling, and so God reminded me, you need to write my words on your heart and in your soul. So I wrote those words out, his words, and then I just kind of shifted my perspective, and I wrote, come Holy Spirit. And I just started acknowledging some truths about God and his word and his way. Lord, only your words bring new life. Only your words are forever true. Only your words can change the way that I think. What do I need to write in my soul today? What do I need tattooed on my broken heart? And I just open my Bible at random, as I will do from time to time, because I know that every single word in here is God speaking. It's all true, all the time, and so I trust that no matter where I land, something is going to speak to me. Something is going to resonate. And as I was questioning my place as your student pastor, I opened my Bible at, to Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 28, and this is when David, King David, back in the Old Testament, is handing the kingdom off to his son, Solomon. And here's what I read first. Solomon, my son... Learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. And as I read that, it just resonated with me that I needed to be thinking about that, that I need that. And so I responded, Jesus, I pray for intimacy with you. May there be no place in my thinking or my feeling that is off limits to you. I wonder if anybody in here needs to pray that this morning. I pray that there would be no place in my thoughts or my feelings that's off limits to Jesus. I want to know you fully and by you. I want to be fully known. Quicken my heart that I may serve you this semester with all of me and quicken my mind that I may trust you and your word with all of me. And then I just start acknowledging, like, how am I feeling? What am I wrestling with this semester as the start of the semester? And I wrote out, I have been discouraged. And I have been questioning my place. And I know that, is more, that it is more than coincidence that I just opened my Bible to the exact same page that you used to tell me that one day I would lead the Woods Edge Student Ministry. Because right after 1 Chronicles 28 is 1 Chronicles 29. And that's what I opened to nine years ago when I asked the Lord, will I lead this student ministry that is so near and dear to me one day? And this is how God answered me then, and this is how he answered me on Monday. King David turned to the entire assembly and he said, my son Solomon, and that's how I looked at myself in this moment, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel is still young and inexperienced, and I was, and I am. The work ahead of him is enormous, for the temple that he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord God himself. You guys, when I read that on Monday, 
The fact that I opened to this verse when I was questioning my purpose yet again, it changed everything for me. It rewrote everything. It reminded me of all kinds of things that God said to me then and that he's saying now. And so I wrote out in response, you are my father, and he's your father too. Thank you for reminding me that I am still your son. I am still royalty in your eyes. I am still strong and courageous in your hands. I'm still worthy to serve you so long as I stay close to you. This year, I have been made to feel otherwise. And maybe this year, you have been made to feel otherwise, like God has walked away from you or that you don't deserve his love or that you even don't even deserve to be here. I have been made to feel otherwise this year. I have been cast aside. I have been trampled on by people close to me. And yet, my problem is not how I've been treated this year. My problem is that in my soul, I have allowed this treatment to overshadow your truth. My problem is that through my complaining, which is my sin struggle, you guys, it is my temptation in times are tough, is to complain and whine, and it just makes my problem bigger. I've turned up the volume on my temporary pain when I should have been focusing on the eternal truth of your promises. Because the truth is, you always knew that I would face mountains and monsters on this journey of building up myself and your church. So forgive me for making so much of them. Just first apologies you should ever say when you know, man, I've, I've messed up. I've gone the wrong way. I've, I've hurt myself. I've hurt other people. Yeah, I apologize to the people. Yeah, even apologize to yourself. But we should always apologize to God first. And so that's what I did Monday morning. Because when people and life let us down, which they will and it will, what does God want us to remember always? That you are still my kids and that you are not alone. Right now, where you're sitting, if you have done anything this summer, if you thought something, if something has been done to you and you're thinking, I'm not worthy, I'm not good, God doesn't love me, right now God is reminding you, you are my child I love you. I will not nor ever have given up on you. I am right here. That is true for every single one of us in this room. And when we forget that, because I do, and so you probably might, God would have us rewrite this truth on our heart and in our soul. My child, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Stay close to him. Press into him when you are feeling low. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. Why? Because God chose you. You guys, we're not just his kids. We're his adopted kids. We're his hand-picked kids. Every single one of you in this room, God chose you first and said, this one's mine. This is my prince. This is my princess. I'm with you forever. No matter what. No matter what happens to you or what you do, I'm with you and I'm for you. And that's a truth that God wanted me to rewrite on myself this past Monday. And it might be something he wants you to rewrite for you today. As I consider that foreverness of God's love for me, that eternal I've got your back, something came to mind that's a little silly. You guys may know about me. I think in pictures. I think in movies. And I'd seen a movie 
that just blew up in my mind as I considered, this is how much God is for me. This is how God, how small my problems are to him. So I want to share that visual with you that I had on Monday. Check this out. He's still there! You want to see nurturing? there at the end. So you guys, I, I think in pictures. I think in movies. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, my problems are so big. I feel so low, but I feel like you're reminding me that you love me and you're for me. And I just remember this movie clip when this little boy, and that's me in that scene, right? I mean, you know, not really, but still, that's how I felt. And all I needed to realize was that God, like that, if I ask for help, would just show up and he'll take care of whatever scary thing is messing with me. And I thought about this silly clip from this super fun, cheesy movie, and I was, it just made me feel better because God was reminding me, like, I am with you, I am for you, and nothing formed against you shall prevail because I can take care of it like that. And your only response is to, like, throw your arms around me when I'm done. So my quiet time after I processed this fun moment was forgive me for being so forgetful. Forgive me for failing to remember what you said to me in the beginning. First Chronicles 28.20. He said, Justin, you're going to build a ministry for me. You're going to build something great for me. You're going to do something because I said so. But then he reminded me right there at the beginning, back then and Monday, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord God is with you and he will not fail you, and he will not forsake you. He will see to it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. And so I just wrote out, Lord, nine years ago, you called me to build your church, specifically the student ministry of Woods Edge. But not just for the students or their parents, not even for those who signed my paychecks. You called me to build something for you. And I confess to you here and now that I have allowed myself to become more concerned with pleasing people than you. And that is a danger that so many of us fall into, that we get sucked into the trap, especially in this day and age of social media and instant gratification, of falling into the trap of, well, I can't say anything because it might disgruntle people. Uh, I can't do what the Lord wants because it might rub somebody's feathers the wrong way. That's called pleasing people. And God doesn't say, please people. He says, please me. And I have fallen into that trap this summer. I have not been using the strength and the courage that you provided. I've been relying on myself. I've been worrying about others. And I've been acting like a fool. There is a correct way to build your temple. And I have ignored your instructions. 
I have been leading from a place of fear and discouragement. Now, at this point in my quiet time, this older gentleman just comes up and sits down at my table outside Starbucks. Like, I'm deep into my, my quiet time, and this dude just sits down and makes himself at home, and I'm immediately irritated. But as he's talking, I was like, oh, I think like I'm supposed to be talking to this man. I think what God is allowing in this moment is a, is a moment for me to share my quiet time, or my sermon on Sunday. And sure enough, it was. This older gentleman sat down. He interrupted my time. He's an acquaintance of mine. You know, I know him a little bit. Um, and he proceeds to share with me how unhappy he is. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm talking about how unha- unhappy I am. So maybe there's something here. And this gentleman, his problem is, he just said to me in a variety of ways, I feel alone. Um, my friends don't listen to me. And then a big thing he was wrestling with that day was, I, uh, I don't know what God wants for me. Now, I responded by giving him some real simple advice. Um, it'd be advice I'd give to you guys if you're feeling that way. If you feel like your friends aren't listening to you, just go talk to them. I said the same thing to him. If you feel like you don't know what God wants in your life, just go talk to him. And that was all I really had to say in response to this gentleman. But he immediately, as I challenged him with that, just go talk to your friends if you've got a problem. Just go talk to God if you don't know what he wants. He just starts crying right there at the table with me at Starbucks. Um, and his response to me just broke my heart. He said, Justin, I'm, I'm too old to change my ways. I, I'm set. And if my friends have set me, I'm just going to do my own thing. If God isn't talking to me, then he should. And I'm not going to go ask him for more help. And it just broke my heart. And there's even a scripture somewhere, I believe, in the Proverbs that says, like, impress upon the young how important it is to do things God's way and to be humble because when you get older, it's tough. And I literally saw an example of that the, this Monday. You guys, if you've got a problem with your friends, don't be too old or too cool to change. And if you got a question for the Lord, oh, for God's sake, for your sake, go talk to him about it. So, I see this picture-perfect example of refusing to do things God's way, so related to my problem right there in my quiet time, and I continue, and I write out 1 Chronicles 28, 21 that says, the various divisions of priests and Levites will serve the temple of God. Others with skills of every kind will volunteer, and the officials, and in fact, the entire nation are at your command, Solomon. As you go and build this thing that I've called you to build, know that I'm going to provide you with help with other people to do it with. And I wrote out, Lord, forgive my pride. You did not call me to build alone. You call us to build in community. And as I wrote that out, another verse came to mind, and I opened to it. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, that says, God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. In the Old Testament, God had all these rules and regulations and ways and importance that he impressed upon the people of building the temple of God that Solomon himself built back in the day. But the real temple of God that is built to house the Holy Spirit of God is not a building. It's you and it's me. And God was reminding me as that verse came to mind, buddy, yeah, I called you to build the student ministry, sure, but I really want you to work on yourself. 
And you need to remember that you aren't called to work on yourself, Justin. You aren't called to work on yourself, students, alone, in a vacuum, by yourself. Lord, you called me to build your temple, and while the Woods Edge Student Ministry is part of that process, I am the true temple of the Lord. We are the true temple of God. You have surrounded me with people to love and to be loved by, to speak truth to and to receive truth from. Forgive me for all the times that I have tried to build myself up alone. When I try to handle my mistakes by myself, I need you, God. I need my students. I need my family and my friends, and I thank you for them. Please help us this Sunday to recognize and admit how much we need each other. So, what is God reminding us of as we begin this next semester? It's that asking for help and surrounding yourself with people who love you carries great blessings. It's a blessing to ask for help. It's a blessing to surround yourself with people who love you and who love the Lord. But refusing to ask for help, isolating yourself carries great consequences. Now, God punctuated the truth of all that we're talking about for me on Wednesday. Everything I just read to you is my quiet time Monday morning. On Wednesday, I went to the same coffee shop around the same time of day, and I sat down, and I was thinking about this sermon. And I even reread the quiet time I just read to you. Let me ask you guys a question. Does anyone in this room know who the primary energy or electricity provider is to the Woodlands area, to this area of Houston? Anybody? What company provides power to this area? AT&T is the primary phone provider, internet. I'm talking about electricity. Yes, ma'am. Entergy. That's right. Now, Entergy has been having a lot of problems in this area lately. Um, they've even been in the news a couple times. This article was, came out August 7th, which is the same day that I was sitting, talking to the Lord. Power outages continue to frustrate woodlands. And there's the Entergy trucks. Um, for example, in the past three weeks, there have been 10 major power outages in and around the woodlands area. Maybe that has been, you've experienced that. I, I have. We've had power go out for up to 18 hours lately. No excuse, no apology, no explanation. Um, thousands of people in our area have been without power, which really is difficult when you consider the fact it's August in Texas. Um, there's been rolling blackouts and brownouts. And because of some sloppy repairs that Energy has been trying to do, they've been causing roads to be closed. They've been breaking water lines and causing water to go out for entire neighborhoods. Like, it's just they can't do anything to win lately, it seems. Poor Energy. But the worst part is that Energy has not been communicating with anyone. And they've not been saying they're sorry, and they haven't been asking for help. Not from the city, not from the community. They've just been doing things their way, and it's like they just keep running into walls and making things worse. So, Wednesday morning, I'm sitting there having my quiet time. I'm thinking about this sermon, and I'm thinking about community and the right way and the wrong way to do it. And as I'm sitting there praying about it, boom! I knew that would get your attention. A fireball rises up into the sky behind Los Cucos. 
something exploded back there. And if you know Panther Creek and you know those cuckoos, behind it, boom, fireball up into the sky. I've never seen anything like it. I drop my quiet time gear and I just run back there thinking like some poor fool went to light the oven and blew up the back of the restaurant and was dead. I thought it was going to be bad. So I get back there and I see trees on fire behind Los Cucos. I see buildings on fire and the transformer, those big green boxes all around the place that electricity flows through, the thing had exploded and fire was just coming out of it. If you've never seen a transformer explode, it looks a little something like this. scale, but exactly like that. That's what happened to the transformer right behind Los Cucos on Wednesday morning. So I run back there. I call 911. I'm hollering into the woods because I don't know if anybody was back there when it blew up, but if anybody had been 30 feet of this thing, they would have been dead. There was like blast marks on the side of the building. It was a big deal. Fire department is there in like five minutes. They put the fire out and then they begin cleanup. Um, and then because I was there on scene and I made the call, I ended up getting interviewed and then all my pictures and stuff ended up in the paper yesterday, which was pretty cool. Um, I'm driving to work after this whole event had happened. It took about an hour out of my morning. And I'm just thinking, as with that gentleman at Starbucks on Monday, I asked the Lord, how does that relate to the sermon that I'm going to give on Sunday? And my mind just explodes with revelation. There's two things, mainly, that God, I feel, wanted to impress upon me so that I can impress upon you this morning. And the first thing is this, is that if you know how transformers explode, it's because too much power hits them at once, and they can't take it, and they burst, they pop, they explode. Sometimes that happens with transformers. Just too much comes their way, and they can't handle it by themselves, and they pop. They blow up. And I feel like God was reminding me by letting me witness that, that we, as people, will or have been or currently are going to get hit, are being hit with just too much. You may have heard it said before, God will never give you more than you can handle. One, that is not Scripture. That's nowhere in the Bible. Two, that's nowhere in the Bible. Ask Jesus Christ who had to go to the cross and die if God doesn't give us more than we can handle on our own. Ask any of the prophets. Ask any of his disciples who were crucified after him. God does allow. Life will give us more than we can handle. And if we don't press into the tools that God has given us, such as the scripture, uh, Jesus, the scripture, and community, we might pop just like that transformer. Bullies might happen this semester. Broken hearts will happen in this room this semester. There might be a death in the family this semester for you. You might experience some crisis this semester. Your sin might get the better of you, as it has for me sometimes this semester. 
And I believe God gave us this illustration to just challenge us right at the get-go from the semester. Man, would you just decide today to be all in with your church? Because God gave us this church so we could do life together, so we could worship him together, serve him together, get to know him together, not in a vacuum, not alone, together. Would you decide today that, man, I'm going to be all in with small groups this year because I know I need it because I don't want to hit a situation that just wrecks me and I've got no one there to pray for me, to talk to me, to receive me in my brokenness with no judgment. That's why we are here. That's why small groups exist so that you can come here on your best day or your worst and just say, I am not okay. Will you pray for me? And the answer will always be yes and yes. I had to confess this morning to the worship team before we even came into this room for the sermon. I was not doing well this morning. I just got on campus and the pressure of the fall coming just hit me and I got depressed and angry. Like, you guys, furious. And I just sat down. I'm like, guys, I'm not doing okay this morning. I, I, will you please pray for me? I am angry right now. I got no explanation. And my friends prayed for me. And within minutes, the anger was just gone. You will need something like that. Probably not just once, but multiple times this year. Or people will need you because they'll have days like that to come here and pray for them and encourage them all throughout the year. What would it look like if every single one of us made a commitment? I'm going to be intentional about being part of this community every minute I can this semester because it's going to make those potential explosive situations way easier to walk through and way healthier. Second thing that God impressed upon me as I was thinking about that transformer exploding was this. There were people everywhere when I was hanging out at Starbucks. There were some gentlemen next to me sitting at a table. There were people in cars. There were people walking their dogs. It was a fireball that went 100 feet in the air that was like 40 or 50 feet wide. It was a huge event. It wasn't like, oh, look, a fire. Like everybody saw it. And I do not say this in any way to point at myself, but you guys, I was the only person that ran back there. Those two dudes were sitting right here. They saw the explosion, and they were like, good luck. Bye. Have fun storming the castle. Like they didn't do anything. Why do I point that out? Why did God impress that upon me? I think God's reminding us also this morning, not only to pre-decide now for the semester, I'm going to be all in with my church and my small groups, but God has called you in your chair, I don't care if you're 11 or 18 or 50, to be a difference maker in this world and in this life, to be a world changer, to be a shepherd of fire in this life. God has called you to be that. And when you see opportunities this semester to step up and do the right thing, to step out and say the hard thing or the encouraging thing, to love the people on the fringe that no one's noticing, oh, for the love of God and yourself, step up and do something. You guys, all it cost me was ending up in the paper, having an adventure, getting to meet firemen and see how transformers work. Like, it was fascinating. It was like one of the best hours of my week, all because I just got up and decided, oh, this is the right thing to do. And when you see those opportunities this semester, oh, I pray right now that you would ask the Lord, give me the strength right now so that those moments come that I'll be the first one to jump in and say, how can I help? Because that's who God created us to be. 
the greatest two commands, love God and love other people. Serve God and serve other people. When you pre-decide that I'm going to make my day, my semester, about loving God and loving others, when moments like this come, you're not like, ooh, should I go? Should I? You're like, let's go. And boom, adventure, excitement, change, awesomeness. Pre-decide today. Ask God for strength today. I want to be a difference maker. I want to be a world changer. I want to get out of my head and out of my problems and think about how I can love those around me. Bailey Bear and company, you guys can take the stage. We're going to respond to what we just heard this morning and what God has been speaking to us. You can respond in a variety of ways, as I have said and will continue to say. If you have an allowance, if you've got a job, bring the tithe. We've got three giving boxes around the room. Honor God with your money, not because we necessarily need it, but because God says, hey, I built you to rely on me more than the paper in your pocket. You can also respond through communion by taking the elements and just saying, thank you, God, for today. Thank you for the word. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for the fact that I can come to you on my worst day, especially with my brothers and sisters, and you're just like, I love you. Thank God for his sacrifice on the cross that makes it so that even on our worst day, we have hope. Even if we die, we go to heaven. That's good news. Thank him for it by taking communion. Respond in worship and just sing the roof off of this place this morning. If you need personal prayer, I will be in the room. I'm honored to hear your confession or pray for you or a loved one if anything big is going on in your life today. But one of the main ways that we respond is take that last card, that tag with the hole at the top, and just write a prayer to the Lord. I'm going to ask you a question or two, and as the answer comes, I just want you to write not to me, but to Jesus, and make that your prayer. And you can drop that in the offering at the end too. And we would be honored to pray for whatever God is moving you to pray for. You can put your name on it or not. I don't care. But I'm going to read to you that last little bit of Scripture. And then we're going to pray in two ways. First Chronicles 28, the various divisions of priests and Levites will serve in the temple of God. Others with skills of every kind will volunteer. And the officials, in fact, the entire nation are at your command. Students, this church and this student ministry are here to serve you. And you are here to serve it and the Lord. And so, here are the questions I want you to ask just between you and the Lord. You can just write out the answer. You can write out the question and the answer. But here's question one. Lord, do you want me to be all in with small groups this semester? Just ask him. Again, I don't get a bonus if you come to small groups. These are for you. But ask the Lord, would you have me set aside Wednesdays this semester to come in this place from 6 to 8 and just do life with others, learn about you with others, be broken with others? Lord, do you want me to be all in with small groups this semester? whatever you sense him saying, or maybe he'll answer you later this week. Just own it and write it down. Question number two, Lord, what do you want? What do you have to say? Do you want me to be all in by joining a serving team this semester? Or in being a servant by inviting my friends all semester? Just ask the Lord, do you want to use me to bless the ministry that's been blessing me 
or to bring people to church to get to know you with me. Just ask him. And man, if you're thinking of that name or that face that we asked you about earlier, just write that person's name down and give them that invite card this week and just let them know, I would love for you to come and just hang out with me at church one Sunday this semester, particularly next Sunday. And then lastly, if you have any area of your life that you just need God to show up in a real way, if your parents are struggling, if you're struggling, if, if you're battling temptation and you're just like not winning, not succeeding, you take that prayer card and you just write, God, help me. Give me strength today. Give me courage. Just give me whatever I need. Give me accountability to break free from this, to break through this. Just write a prayer asking God for help anywhere you need it in your life. And again, us, your community, myself and my staff, if you want, we will pray over every single request we receive today. So you can drop those in the offering when it's time. Well, I hope that something today spoke to you and that God will remind you of it as needed. I'm going to pray for us and you can respond as you feel led. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for this sermon. I did need it. I do feel better because of it. And I thank you that I got to walk through it with my friends. Lord, thank you for the gift of community, of church, of your word, of your sacrifice, of your love, of your I am always with you-ness. I pray for blessings and comfort and healing and encouragement in every single one of us today do amazing things in and us and around us this semester. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.